0: He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one, an exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else on today's edition of Hall Access. Sharing audio from a QA I was invited to host last night, August 4th, with members of The Life Project, including my longtime friend and stone sour guitarist, Des Moines' own Josh Rand. Prior to the band's Des Moines debut, I had the chance to sit down with both Josh and Cassandra Carson, who not only sings for The Life Project, but Paralandra out of Springfield, Missouri as well. We talk past, present, and future in this exclusive interview. Both the five-song Life Project EP and the Ode to the Big Four, featuring the music of Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, and Metallica, are available now wherever you buy music. Enjoy. Good evening. How is everybody? I love that I can hear the individual answers. I hear great. I hear woo. I hear awesome. This is good. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Uh, And you're going to be treated uh, by the Des Moines debut of the Life Project here at XBK Live, which we're all very excited about. I'm Andy Hall from Laser 103.3. Want to start first and foremost by saying this is my first time in this room. I've never been to XBK Live before. I know the venue's been open for a while. Uh, Met some of the folks at work here. Great people. I love this room. The sound is fantastic. Um, just kudos to everybody here at xbk Live and thanks for having us tonight and I want to thank my friends with the Life Project for having me to host this little q and A before the band comes out and does a uh, live plugged in set for you uh, here tonight um, it 's a fun neighborhood i haven 't been back here for a little while. Dogtown, uh, assuming a good number of you are from Des Moines, yes, yeah. so a good number of you have spent some time here in Dogtown in the past i 'm guessing. I've done some pretty cool shows around the corner at a different venue, and uh, it's really cool to see another one opened up here because I really do love this neighborhood. It's a really cool part of the city. Anyway, um, we're going to start tonight by bringing out a couple of members of the band and asking the hard-hitting questions I know you've all been waiting to get answers to. So let me introduce to you Mr. Josh Rand and Ms. Cassandra Carson. From the Life Project.
1: Hello. How's it going? Great, 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 great.
0: Like I said, very cool to be able to hear the individual answers out here. I know, it is. Also see some faces because as you know, when you're up on a stage and you got the bright lights on you, it's hard to see past about two rows of people, right?
1: It's true, yeah. I get to see all of your happy or disgusted expressions tonight. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) She
0: said it was going to be brutally honest. I wasn't sure how (laughs) brutally honest, but here we go. Uh, So thank you guys so much for asking me to do this. It's very cool to sit down with the both of you and and talk about this band, um, which began as a seed up in your brain, Josh Rand. So give us the condensed history on on where you found yourself at a certain point and, and when these songs started to take shape.
2: Um, It started at the beginning of uh, 2019. I just wanted to do something a little bit different um, than what I had done in Stone Sour. So I just started writing a bunch of different material with really no boundaries. Like I didn't set out to do anything specific, um, but I knew once I got going on it that I wanted a female vocalist and that it would be a five-piece. Instead of having another guitarist, it would be keyboards, and... uh, so i kept writing for the rest of the year and then the beginning of 2020 right Mm -hmm. ar guy for roadrunner records recommended cassandra to me when i was looking for a vocalist because it was also important for me i wanted to find people that were technically from the midwest and uh that's basically i reached out to you and and we what did we do first? The nothingness.
1: Yeah, nothingness was first. Yes,
2: and then <clears throat> you tracked that, and I was like, okay, you're definitely the right person for this. And so then it was pretty immediate. You knew yeah.
0: right away that Cassandra is the right voice yeah, for this band. Yeah. yeah.
2: It was even before we did the nothingness, but once we that was the first song. It was like, oh, this is pretty obvious. This is going to be pretty awesome. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Perfect so, timing. So uh, we spent the rest of the year writing. Um, And then obviously became that first EP. We held on to some tracks. And uh, once COVID started to let up and it looked like touring was going to get back to the new normal or whatever that is now, um, we decided to, or actually you did, hey, we need to play some shows. And I was like, all right, I guess we need to get some band members. And uh, which we did. So uh, we have Jaron on bass, Diana, who also is from Des Moines, um, playing keyboards and backup vocals, and Danny's joining us on drums tonight. Um, we're pretty stoked. Uh, he brings a different dimension to the band. So,
0: Cassandra is the uh, singer for a band called Paralandra as well. Uh, Springfield, Missouri native. So you alluded to the Upper Midwest, That's and. Right. Uh, Life Project, of course, did their first live show ever in your hometown. What was that experience like?
1: It was so cool. I mean, obviously, because I got to be surrounded by all of my hometown friends and family and fans. And, I mean, everywhere you looked in the crowd, it was either a Paralandra or a Life Project shirt or Stone Sour, you know, something. (laughs) Jaron had a lot of people wearing his shirt. So it was very much um, a family sort of feeling. It was like, you know... Cool, being able to do that with them for our first show because it was so comfortable. I guess.
0: Speaking of comfort levels, when you get the call from Josh Rand, obviously you know everybody knows Josh. He's done shows all over the place, and he's so famous. I mean, he's been a he's been a part of uh, you know some some pretty big bands, right? So Stone Sour, we mentioned earlier, obviously. You get the call from Josh, and he's talking to you about this new project of his. What are your initial thoughts?
1: Well, initially, I was just like mind blown. I was like, wait who is emailing me and wanting me to to collaborate? So first I had to Google and verify. I'm like, okay, yes, this is the guy from Stone Sour. What's going on? So, yeah, I mean, took it like one step at a time, I guess. Like, you know, we FaceTimed, talked about our influences, you know, just kind of we were seeing if our personalities meshed and influences would mesh. And, of course, mine aren't quite as heavy as his, (laughs) but... I feel like, you know, it. they're complementary to each other. Even where mine are a little bit lighter, his darker, they come together into this, I don't know, life project realm where it's very melodic, but dark and heavy and I don't know. I guess, yeah, baby steps would be a good answer to your sure. question.
0: <laughs> so when you get in and you start hearing some of the music that Josh has uh, recorded and wants to put vocals over, is it pretty immediate for you to know, like to channel that, That energy that's required for something like this? Does it something that, did you have any doubts in the back of your head that you could pull it off?
1: Oh, yes, of course. I mean, I think we've all got an inner saboteur that is going to tell us you can't do it. But there was a much larger portion of myself that was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Like, what an opportunity. This is so cool. Like, I just want to do music for a living. So why would I turn this down? Like, why would I? stop myself from growing as an artist and as a musician and a songwriter and especially with somebody who was completely capable of writing an awesome song you know to be able to collaborate like that it was just way too cool to pass up
0: i mean i think this guy dreams up riffs every night and he's probably got a memory bank of like a thousand riffs in his head at the m- at this moment right josh
2: oh yeah there's <laughs> always riffs going through my yes, head. yes yes i think the interesting thing just to touch base on with us was when we really actually started this. It was more of I don't even know like I didn't know exactly what we would be. So we have stuff when we first started that's totally alternative. Um, I don't yeah. even know what you would. Like, we, we have yeah. like half. We have like five or six songs that are shelved that we first started out, and then it kind of just grew into. We just realized like you need to be you, and I need to just write riffs. <laughs> <And> then. <laughs> And that's where we are now, you know, where it's like, this is what we, what we are. And like you touched on, it's, it's about being heavy and melodic, but also having, you know, a great singer and, you know, and not Cookie Monster vocals.
0: (laughs) So as the songs begin to take shape, then it's time to start talking about recording and putting this stuff on tape. And luckily you have access to a lot of the equipment that you need to, to make it happen. Um, For you, coming into Des Moines, Iowa and and cutting vocals on top of, you know, what Josh has done musically, is that something that came naturally to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the first, what, like, 10 or 12 songs that we wrote, I was recording my vocals in Springfield at my friend's studio. Um, So instead of actually driving to and from Des Moines, you know, from Springfield every week, uh, I would just go into the local studio, send in my tracks you know he'd give me little pointers like you suck there change this uh that was terrible no just kidding <laughs> no but um yeah so it started just kind of local and then once we had some like really solid song ideas i finally came up here and sang in front of him for the first time after working together what like a year or so at that point so yeah, it's kind of funny. It it was a little weird being in the studio with him the first time. <laughs>
0: I have to keep reminding myself that this is all going on during COVID. So, of course, a lot of bands were doing that at the time where they're not in the same room together. In fact, a lot of them are recording parts in different states, as we alluded to here. So that's kind of how it had to be.
1: Exactly. It wasn't right. like
0: you had much of a choice. But when you do finally get in a room together, how did that feel? Was that a pretty natural fit?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I feel... Pretty comfortable behind a mic if you haven't noticed. So you know, <laughs> I just kind of went I in I was there just and I'm just gonna put this right? yeah, just, <laughs> it's these just answers. Josh <laughs> is just gonna
0: take a timeout. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I just did my thing, and they always have some really helpful like pointers, like this could be a little bit better. Have you thought of it this way? And I'm very open to other people's ideas. I always just want to put out the best version product or whatever you know that i'm doing so i'm always all ears and yeah i would say it's pretty pretty natural
0: we talked about the uh debut in your hometown of springfield missouri this is of course the des moines debut at xbk live here tonight after the Q and A session is over the band are going to come up here and play as a complete unit for the first time here in josh's hometown and then starting next wednesday y'all are hitting the road with a couple of names we are very familiar with. Allison Chains, Bush, and Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. The life project on about a dozen dates with those bands, including including the Council Bluff show, which by the way is coming up on August twentieth, in case anybody's up for a road trip. But without I don't I'm not gonna ask you to get in the weeds on how that all happened and how they made it happen, but like You get the call that you guys are on the Alice in Chains tour. Let's start with you, Josh. Your first
2: reaction to that. Um, Well, I had an idea that we were going to be part of it. Um, It just took a long time to get the answer. Um, So it was really, uh, for us, it was very stressful. It took like six weeks before we would know whether or not we would be on it. But obviously, uh, we're beyond ecstatic to be a part of that at this stage of this group and be able to be a part of that tour. And for me personally, Allison Chains is a huge influence. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an honor to go back out with those guys. Yeah.
0: How about you?
1: So, it was sick. I mean, he <laughs> FaceTimed me. And he was like, well, pack your bags. We're going on tour with Allison Chains. And I'm just like, what? Just freaking out. And I mean, there's not much more to be said other than that. I was just spending the rest of my night screaming. So.
0: Favorite Alice in Chains song. Do you have a favorite? Can you name one? Um. Like if you went to a show and they
2: didn't play this one song, you'd be pissed. Well, they never play grind in that. Oh, (laughs) I mean, so I can just start right out of the gate and go, well, they never play grind. Well, now that you're on
0: tour with them, can't you just knock on Jerry's dressing room door and be like, hey, Jer. Yeah. Jair Bear, because yeah. I, I hear that he likes to be called Jair Bear. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> so you can ask him. Be like, "Hey, how about some grind tonight?" Yeah, and he'll be like, "There's an app for that, Josh." Yeah. Get that? All right, yeah. thank you. <laughs> but oops, it's my one attempted at humor that you're all getting tonight. That's it. That's all. It failed miserably. Uh, grew up an Allison Chains fan, did you?
1: Well, my mom was a fan, so I listened. You know, when she listened, I really love the song "Bones," especially like. Uh, I was a Guitar Hero kid, so I don't know if you guys remember that song being on. I think it was Guitar Hero Two, Two and yep. I would play it like all the time. That was my, one of my go-tos. So one of your jams. It's gonna be cool, like hearing that song, you know, knowing it in a different way for a long time. And for
0: sure, and yeah. getting in front of all these new eyeballs too. That's really the main point of this. Is you guys are gonna be playing in front of all kinds of new people that are being introduced to this band, and and really that's what this is all about. Aside from the excitement of you know, opening for a band that, for example, you grew up loving, Josh, yeah, you
2: know? Absolutely.
0: So again, you can catch them at Council Bluffs. The date of the show, that one anyway, is August 20th. Let's talk about the Big Four EP. Yes. Because when you gave me the heads up that you guys were, were toying with this notion, I got to be honest, I got a little excited. Uh, it was one of those moments you don't want to get up from the desk at class. Uh, and I thought to myself, okay, now what songs do you suppose... Josh Rand would choose if he could pick one from each of the big four Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, and of course the mighty, mighty Metallica. I don't know if it really mattered which songs you picked, Josh, because we knew from how much you love these bands and how much they mean to you and how much they influenced you. No matter what songs you would have chosen from those four bands, you would have done a bang up job, and you certainly did that. Thank you. So let's start with the Anthrax cover, which was the first one, I believe, that you made public, mm-hmm. Caught in a Mosh. Tell me about the process of that
2: one. Well, the process, actually, for all of them, one of the cool things I wanted to do was to make sure that I didn't grid anything, and it, all four songs had the vibe of the originals. Because back when they recorded them, they didn't have Pro Tools. They didn't have all this technology. It was, they were recording the tape. So basically, those guys had to seriously play the stuff that you hear. There was no necessarily massive editing. So that was a big part, is keeping that same vibe. The other thing I wanted to do was, all four songs actually mean something to me personally. Um, So with Caught in it was basically, it's my favorite Anthrax song on my favorite record that I've always had in my possession. It's like a top five, Among the Living by them is top five album all time for me. Um, So that's why I, I picked that track. And luckily, I she's she went along uh, with... The, I was like, what do you think about doing all these oh my thrash metal covers? Yeah. Oh, she
0: nailed it, first of all. I want to oh, ask you geez. specifically about singing Slayer. <laughs> Tell me about that experience.
1: Oh, man. I feel bad, like, skipping over Cotton Homage, because that experience. You don't was have to. Yes. You don't
0: have to. I'm just very curious about the Slayer thing. We could shelve oh, that for a man. second. Talk about Anthrax if you like to.
1: Okay. Well, all I was going to say on the Anthrax Anthrax note is when he first sent it to me, like... I I had not never I had never heard the song I, like I I don't know why, but he starts with that first verse and it's like wow it's like <laughs> how am I supposed to sing this like how is this guy talking so fast oh my gosh and I'm supposed to s- sing it uh, so anyways it was like quite a time like trying to figure out how to incorporate melody into these songs and that was the same deal with Slayer because you know he has a very like you know different style of vocals <laughs> that I do. <laughs> Tom, Tom
0: Araya is a one-of-a-kind. There's right? no question. So trying so to cover like, him.
1: How do I do the Cassandra version of this while paying tribute and being respectful, but also trying to do my own thing, you know, and, like, trying to make it the best that I could make it? And what if I wrote this song? What would I do with it? So, yeah, I don't know. I was just, like, channeling my inner Slayer, I guess, and trying to find melodies that weren't actually there, and yeah.
0: (laughs) I would say you handled it okay. What do you guys think? That was pretty damn good. You don't hear female vocals taking on Slayer often, so. Uh,
1: Right, yeah. Yeah. That was another thing. Like, it's not like anybody else has ever done this before, so I'm like, "Uh, okay, well, here's what I'm Mm -hmm. thinking. Let me know if this is bad, or and they seem to like it.
0: How important is it to you, Josh, to maintain the integrity of the original when you're covering somebody else's music especially these bands that you
2: hold in such high regard it was very important um you know some people will say well why would you cover a song exactly like the original and the answer to that is i'm actually paying tribute to the bands that actually influenced me um if i changed it then a bunch of people would bitch anyway that i changed it so um but it, it was very important for instance i know maybe we'll get to the Metallica. I spent three days on the guitars for Metallica one, making sure everything was perfect. I, I cannot tell you how many videos of Hammett and Hetfield I watched playing that song over the years uh, to make sure I was playing it right, because all of this sheet music for it was completely wrong. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. You
1: cannot trust guitar tabs online.
2: <laughs> yeah. In fact, afterwards, uh, Phil, who was engineering me, was like, Man, we should have, you should have documented all this stuff and turned it in because it's like now it's all right, you know, for all four songs because it was, there's a lot of work on it, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how they came out.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to talk Metallica here in just oh, a second, you know. but I wanted <laughs> to say that for me personally, my favorite cover on the entire EP is Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely, I'm, a, I'm a huge Megadeth fan, and most people know my, connection to Metallica, but the truth is is I, I grew up loving Megadeth just as much. And so hearing Symphony of Destruction again with a female vocal, which is again a you know, novel concept, something I'd never heard before. And you know, talk to a guy like me and music fans like this, when you hear something that your ears aren't used to hearing, it it tickles a, a, a fun spot for sure. So Megadeth Symphony of Destruction, I just want to get that out of the way. That's my favorite one of the entire bunch. Tell me about the recording of that song.
1: Well Uh, That's, like, one of my favorite, favorite Megadeth songs ever. Like, how can it not be? But um, it's funny because Paralandra almost did a cover of Symphony, like, years ago. And we never did. We never recorded it. We never did it live. It was just, like, uh, in the talk sort of thing. So I had already learned it, but years ago. So whenever he mentioned it, I was like, I actually still know that song, like, I think I could probably just run up and track him real quick. So, I was like, I'll just sing it like an octave higher than the original and he's like, "Hmm. We'll see if that works."
2: Yeah. <laughs> but well, actually, it it wasn't necessarily the first choice.
1: Yeah, that is that's <laughs> <is> true. <laughs> the
2: first choice actually was going to be Wake Up Dead. Oh.
1: And I Guys. just I literally couldn't take it seriously like <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I'm like, well, what do you thinking, mean you want me to sing that song? You're thinking peace, self. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, anyways. So. There's <laughs> any
0: number of songs sort of in that same vein where, yeah. you know, singing it would be, if you're not in that, you know, if, you, if you're not used to singing that sort of stuff, you know, it might be kind of a, a challenge for you. Like, for example, trying, you know, hearing you sing Sweating Bullets or something like yeah. that. Would be
1: right. A, I'm like, a good example. Oh, just leave it to Dave. Please, yeah, yeah. please. I'm not the right gal. <laughs>
0: You, uh, you mentioned the integrity. We talked about the integrity of keeping these as, as close to the originals as possible and, and all of the hard work you put into making sure that it was played the correct way. Uh, and there's any number of ways nowadays to um, sort of research that sort of thing. And, and you know, one of them you don't want to go with. We've come to find out the popular opinion in this room is that online tabs are garbage. <laughs> Um, but you do have some video clips that you know yeah. you can study and, and see exactly what they're doing. What other sorts of resources are you tapping into when you're yeah. channeling a Metallica, for example?
2: Really, that's basically it. Um, maybe some other people that might have posted uh, their, themselves playing it, some of the better teachers that are online. But for the most part, it was just by ear and just trying. I mean, all four of these bands have been doing it for a very long time, so... There's an endless supply of, of video on these songs as far as... And just try to get the best camera angles for, you know, whatever you're trying to figure out.
0: There's a lot of interesting layers to these songs, too, that might not be apparent upon first listen or if you don't have a really good set of headphones. There's things, little things that you might miss. How important was it to you to to get those right and then find a new appreciation for how these bands did that back in for Metallica? That would have been 1987, 88, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it, the trying thing with Metallica which I feel like I actually topped was the intro with I, I mean I'm built that from sound bites of everything from helicopters to separate gunfire. It wasn't like I just pulled one thing and that was it. It was I spent some time, but I actually really enjoyed that part of it, especially uh the uh you know, the bombs in it and stuff like that and um uh, you know, the other stuff was the, just getting the little ear candy in the songs. It, it was like the first time, it's like I heard these songs for so long, but really learning how to play them and record them, it was like, I just realized just how much of the little stuff, especially with Metallica. That's why I said it, it took me so long with the Is There's so many layers of guitar and I had gotten so used to um, it being live, but really there's like 12 guitar tracks in that song. Um, on the studio version so you know nailing all of this stuff was like i said before it was really important to me to keep the integrity of the track
0: let's talk about the future we know the immediate future you guys are going on tour with alice and chains and bush coming up starting next wednesday uh, we wish you the absolute best i think that sounds like a lot of fun uh, it's going to be amazing get in front of all those eyeballs uh, what are the plans past that
2: uh, continue to write more music more shows, hopefully? Yeah. We we hope to do some more shows for the rest of the year, but the real focus is going to be writing a full length that will get released hopefully next spring or early summer. That's the goal. Let's talk a little Paralandra. right. What's the uh, what are the immediate
0: goals for Paralandra as you navigate along with the life project. Yeah. The it's two entities.
1: Definitely like a balancing game because I want to devote all of myself to both, you know? So whenever I'm in life project world, I'm in life project world for sure. And like, I have to, you know, still do a th- few things for Paralandra here and there, but I'm more like, guys, I'm out. Like, you have to take care of the business while I'm gone. But um, for Paralandra right now, like, uh, we just, we're writing more music. I mean, we're scheduled to go back into the studio. Uh, February through March of next year. We're working with Elvis Basque again, which is an incredible producer. So we got more music coming as well, more touring. Um, we'll be playing all throughout the end of the year. It's just going to be like a bunch of hopping between. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Josh, as far as Stone Sour goes, I know there's a the hiatus now,
2: but what's the current status of Stone Sour? That's basically still going on. I mean, obviously, Corey, I mean, Slipknot's releasing a record in two months, so there'll be a full tour cycle of that, um, and then we'll see. Sounds good. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on tour with Alice in
0: Chains starting next Wednesday. I know a number of people I've talked to are excited about the Council Bluff show specifically on August 20th, which is a Saturday. Para Lander, real quick before we wrap up here, I think, did I not see you guys have done some festival uh, shows recently?
1: Yeah, we did Incarceration and Rockfest, um, and then we'll be in Rocklahoma, uh, I guess, here in a few weeks. So, yeah, we've been playing some some fun ones, for sure. The summer of
0: 2022 has been very good to this group right now. Yeah, here, honestly,
1: right? 2022 has been a really fun year. Like, lots of incredible shows, lots of releases, You know, obviously Life Project still has some new stuff that will be coming out very, very soon before the end of the year. So, I mean, I feel like I'm just filling up the funnel, you know, just and eventually it starts coming through. So
0: well, thank you guys for sitting down with me and doing this uh, this evening. I know uh, it's been pretty cool for everybody out here too. hopefully to uh, hear some additional insight into the Life Project.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you.
0: We're going to take just a really quick break and then the full band is going to come out and play. do also want to thank the fine folks here at XBK Live for hosting this event tonight and looking forward to a great time with The Life Project, everybody. Thanks.